What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Up in Flames. We are now in the year 2024, and the last show I did was actually in October. Surprisingly enough, I know it seems crazy that Up in Flames hasn't been recorded because I've been on Jeff Needs Sports. I've been on Overreaction Monday, See You Sunday. Me and Walker have done Field Stormers. So it's not a comeback of Mo Murphy getting back into podcasting and bringing someone who was a formerly retired podcaster and Jeff to come back. <laughs> it's just more of the kickstart in the vision of 2024 and what Upper Flames will look like. But before we get into that, we will be back right after this. Tell you my problems, meditating my silence. But I keep pushing my pen, rotating my stylus. Brokenness feeling like sin, not no breath, low dollar. Used to be left on red, now all the girls go holler. Now all the girls go follow. All the fake friends gon' pile up. I need peace to borrow, get that shit right back tomorrow. Somehow all the fans go bravo, smile so much to hide my sorrow. Faith is shaky and bravado. I can't hold a frown too long. And once again, we are back. Welcome back to another episode of Up in Flames. And of course, as you see, I have a wonderful guest, the guest of all guests that makes his appearance on Up in Flames and makes this show worth it. And talking college football, I couldn't have any other than Jeff Hunt in the building. Jeff, what's going on, bro? Uh, man, I'm glad to be back, man. I was just I was just reminiscing during that awesome intro or whatever, and I remembered like it's been like four years now since I heard you and Cruz on, you know, on the speakers, and I was like, man, this dude, this dude's a hit. So like I take like 10% stake in the success <laughs> of up in flames. I'm serious, man. It makes me it makes me proud. I'm happy to be on. I'm glad we I'm glad we still have things kicking at the off the ball network like we do. I'm glad I came out of retirement. Pulled the jersey down, like uh, yeah, uh, it's 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 been good, man. Yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. So it we haven't talked we haven't talked on Up in Flames since October. We've talked multiple times. Been a minute. Build stormers. We talked on Japanese sports. So before we get into anything, how was your holidays? I mean, Christmas has passed, New Year's has passed. We are now in a whole new year of 2024. So how was your holidays? Bro, it's been crazy. I, I like just the way everything's worked out with the schedules. I took some, I've took time off. It has been, it's been a barrage. It's been like 10 days of just like bouncing around. Like not only like the way they, they, where they laid out the bowl games to where like, you know, you're constantly watching football the whole time. Then you have the family events. Uh, my grandson, you know, is up and up and running around and had a great First time. Christmas the grandson, right? It, well, hit last year was his first, but this was the first was one that he was he was active in. He's you know right. he's sixteen months old now. Like I got him, of course I got him like got him a basketball hoop for Christmas. Like that absolutely. Like Santa got him a basketball hoop for Christmas. I apologize. Um, so like you got that, yeah. We've been, so we got to hang out a bunch. It's been I got I've got to do you know some shows with you guys and you know everything. It's been um it's been awesome, man. It's been an awesome ten days. Like one of the worst football weekends of my life. But the other side of that is Troy Smith said this. I remember after Troy Smith lost the 2006 national championship game. Um, it, it really, this is something that always sat with me. Troy Smith sat there after the game. They're asking him all the questions about getting housed by Florida. And he goes, if this is the worst day of my life, 
then I'm going to have a pretty good life. So that's how I look at it. If, if this is, if this is as bad as it gets as a bad football weekend, I'm doing great. I'm doing great in the world. So like, I'm going to get through this. We're going to get through this. Buckeye nation is going to get through this. Um, it, you know, and, uh, it, it's going to be cool. The, the world keeps spinning, man. Yeah. And that's all that matters is the world keeps spinning and it's still, it's going to spend another day with us blessing, gracing our, gracing the world with our presence on it. Absolutely. Yeah, I had a cool Christmas and a um a cool New Year's. I guess you could say my Christmas Eve was eventful. Um, I had like a a, a moment. I had that family moment. Um, I, I'm gonna tell. Okay, so I had a moment. Okay. Christmas music. We're doing the the the. We're building a um not a snowman. It doesn't. It wasn't snowing. Uh uh, the house, the the gingerbread house. Gingerbread house. Okay. Like we got the Christmas music rocking. Uh, my wife and daughter are making the. Uh, gingerbread house. My son just putting a little bit of candies on there. I'm holding them. And it was like one of those moments and it was just kind of sitting back and just like enjoying it for a second. It was like, you know what? If this is what life is supposed to be, then this is cool. But I almost got shafted of that moment because I, but. there was a but. I almost got shafted and it's literally a but. So I almost got shafted of that moment. I worked that day. Um, I probably wasn't going to get home till about seven, eight, nine o'clock. I don't know the way peak season was. I might not have got home till 10, kind of come home, do the Christmas stuff, make sure everything's set for the morning. Um, but at about three o'clock, two 30 that day, uh, I got bit in my butt by a dog while delivering packages. So they end up sending me home. It wasn't nothing major. It was just like for safety purposes as well, like getting bit. And then if anything happens from there on out, like it's on them. So they kind of. You know, for protection purposes, it was like, take your stuff back, go home, finish, you know, the rest of the day, enjoy the holidays, and then you come back, you know, just make sure you good, because they didn't want to be liable for anything. So me getting bit in the butt was actually <laughs> a reason for me to be able to have that moment with the family, so I think it was pretty cool. And then New Year's was cool. Um, I don't celebrate New Year's like that. I was asleep by 1030, like on New Year's Eve, um, and I was just, I guess, more looking forward to falling asleep so that New Year's Day would come, and that was just college football on a Monday. That's all that I was really looking forward to. That is funny. New Year's Day has always been like my holiday because like, and and again, like, you know, not to be the old guy in the room, but I'm the old guy in the room. There was a time to where like you didn't have endless amounts of college football on TV throughout the year. So New Year's Day when you were a kid was the only time you got to see, you know, whatever, Alabama, Georgia, West Virginia, like all these other teams was that was the only time. So you like, and then all the bowl games weren't spread out like they were. So you had like in every time slot, you had three or four bowl games, except for the, the stuffy Rose Bowl, who won't come off their BS. But um, so like that was you could actually the one time of the year that you could flip channels and watch different college football games and see different players and all these guys that you read about in Sports Illustrated. So like New Year's Day was such a special day for like old people like me. Growing up, that's how we learned to love college football. Like I remember watching, there was a guy named Major Harris that played for West Virginia that that had a shot at the national title one year. Um, you know, it was the only time of the year you got to see like you know all these other players from around the country. So like New Year's Day, and it still sticks with me. Like I still look forward to New Year's Day, like watching the football and all that. So like it, it's it's been it's been cool, and it's also been odd to watch the change in college football as the years have went on. Yeah, and even on New Year's Day, I took my kids, like, we took our kids to um, the trampoline park. 
And then nope. we had some lunch. So it was like, but it was weird for me because it was like, yo, a trampoline park and like a place that I want to eat lunch is open on New Year's Day. Like, so kind of my wife was like, oh, I want to take them and do this on New Year's Eve, like night before. And I was like, are they even open? She's like, why wouldn't they be? Everything's open. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm so used to actually like not paying attention. I'm so used to that on New Year's Day. I'm in front of the TV all day anyway. Nope. So I'm not I missed the moment a few years back or whatever, when everything started opening back up on new year's day. And it's not necessarily the celebration in the day off that it once no. used, like used to be like a outside of anything major, your fast food restaurants and maybe stores would be open and closed early on new year's day. Outside of that, everything was closed. You couldn't just yep. go shopping on new year's day. You couldn't just go eat at your favorite restaurant on new year's day. And now all of a sudden, everything that you need access to for whatever type of day you want to have on new year's day is now open. So it was like an eye opener for me because I haven't paid attention because I'm usually in the house on New Year's Day anyway. So I don't yeah. really care what's open. And if we're not doing anything crazy, I might fast food, but that's always open. So who cares? I'm not yeah. looking to go to some extravagant dinner on New Year's Day. It's more be in the house, kind of get ready for going back to school or going back to work, whatever it may yep. be, depending on how young I was or now being an adult and going back to work. But enough about the holidays. Let's talk college football. This is Let's what do we're it. Jeff. So before we uh, recap the New Year's Six Bowl games, Ooh. basically what our New Year's Day looked like, talk about it. The college football playoffs happen. Um, we're probably not in the greatest mood the day after, but <laughs> hey, it is what it is. There's still one more game for us to get some vengeance and feel a little bit better about ourselves and our fandom for this year. But I want to talk about some. So the 12 team playoff, like we yeah. are one ga game away from actually. Really, from now on, after this national championship is played on Monday, the next conversation to keep college football basically alive until spring is going to be what the 12-team playoff scenarios are going to look like, the yep. projected teams to be in there, what we would have seen this year. Had they, They're going to put up – they've already done it leading up to it, but they're going to put up their 12-team brackets. And everything's going to be a bunch of, like, what ifs. What if this happened? What if that happened? I don't want to put up and create our own bracket and let's run through it like this is March Madness and act like we could pick a national champion winner because that would be irrelevant to the game being played next week. But come after that game is played, this conversation will be 100% relevant and this will be the conversation that everybody starts visiting next week. This is what the Paul Feinbaums will be guest on first take for. They'll be talking about it. So I want to talk about it now. The 12-team playoff scenarios. We're going to have 12 teams next year. Um, the Pac-12 might have ruined what the guaranteed people are in. I think yeah. it'll be five and seven. You know, four of the power four conferences, I guess, now in a group of five at large bid and then seven other teams. That's what it looks like it's going to mm. trend, trend towards. Um, so I'm excited to see that. But as far as these playoff scenarios, who does it, in, whether it's a school, a coach, um, you know, a conference, Who's impacted the most to you right now by this expanding the 12 teams? Um, so in, in general, the, the biggest impact are the other teams in the SEC and the Big Ten, like teams like Indiana, Vanderbilt, um, you know, you know, Mississippi State, like Illinois, like all these teams literally now they can't even luck their way in, you know, to a game like this year, Iowa, Iowa had a shot to big 10 championship. Everybody knew that they couldn't win it, whether it was Ohio state or Michigan, whoever they play, like it was irrelevant. 
Next year, that's gone because there is no East and West in the Big Ten. There is no, you know, the, the, the SEC is the same way. Like, you have the best teams now, so, like, teams can't sneak in anymore. So I think the biggest impact is actually on the bottom half of the major conferences. They, they are literally kind of just – like, people in their mind think that, like, that's going to be better for them. No, it's not because now, like, like uh, when a team, you know, like Notre Dame – like Notre Dame would have made it over whatever in Iowa. Like Iowa wouldn't like I wouldn't have a shot no matter. Like they had a pretty good record this year. They would have no chance in this scenario because they're not going to get a shot at the end of the year, you know. Um so the I think that that that's my overall like if you have to pick one team, the biggest impact next year is Notre Dame because they're the last remaining relevant independent team. Mm-hmm. And so it's yeah. like they can work their way in, but they also don't have – they do not have that extra game at the end of the year, If just like this year, to save themselves uh, to get in. They got to they gotta do things a little bit differently than, you know, the, the, the two major conferences do. So, uh, uh, that, I guess that's my uh, short answer. And I think for Notre Dame, it's going to look a lot different um, because I think 10-2 and two teams are easily going to have a shot and get in. Now, I'm not saying all 10-2 and two teams get in. But we're right. going to see multiple 10 and 2 teams. 11 and 1 is pretty much going to guarantee you in. Obviously, undefeated yeah. is going to guarantee you in. Guess we couldn't say that this year because Florida State went undefeated, won their <laughs> conference, and it didn't guarantee them yeah. in. But I mean, if you're Florida State and you go undefeated next year and you win the ACC, you'll be in. Um, I think Notre maybe. Dame had an advantage. I'll just say maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but I think Notre That's just my shot at Florida State. Notre Dame's at a disadvantage because their 10 and 2 could look a lot different than let's say Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, yep. because they could be walking in or we'll we'll say we'll say they're 10 and 2. You'll be comparing Notre Dame's 10 and 2 to possibly the two lost teams, let's say Bama 11 and 2. Let's yep. say Michigan goes 11 and 2. Ohio State finishes 11 and 2. Those teams that finish the season 11 and 1 and their second loss comes in the conference championship, like that's going to be the separation of that one more win is going to make the difference. Notre Dame does get to hold on to the fact they're still a blue blood. The committee's still going to love them, and their brand still screams enough that 10-2 and two might get them in. It just hurts them if the Michigans, Ohio States, Alabama, Georgia, maybe like LSU. Like, I think if those teams are also finished 11-2, and two, they're 11-1 and one entering the SEC championship, and then they lose that game. They lose out to that, like maybe Texas and Oklahoma. Outside of that, though, they win the brand and the helmet sticker like Walker likes to say, they win the helmet sticker argument over pretty much against anybody. If you're talking yeah. about two lost teams, if you're starting to think about ratings, you're like, do I want a 10-2 a, a Louisville or a 10-2 Notre Dame? Who's going to get me? And, and then right. Notre Dame's going to win a lot of those. But I'm, you're talking about six, seven, eight spots locked up before Notre Dame has to find themselves arguing with four or five less relevant teams than Notre Dame. So I think it does make it tough. I think with the 12-team playoffs as well, it does hurt the bottom of the barrel. I don't think this is a shot for Vanderbilt or Illinois or Indiana to attack the recruiting trail um, and get some of these recruits and spread around the talent. I don't think they have the coaches to do it. I don't think they have the brand to do it. But I also think in the same light, the middle of the pack, and that's where we start, I guess you could say middle pack, but we start talking about the Missouris and the old Misses and you know, the Wisconsin's, and now I think Nebraska coming up and having Matt Rule as a coach who's turned the program around. So I think a lot of things there, 
I think if you didn't look like you were on the cusp of like being good, and I mean good like seven and five, eight and four. If you weren't on the cusp of at least being that, I think you're a team that ends up getting left behind. Now, don't think because your team only won four games or five games, you're automatically out of what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, I think if you weren't on the cusp of we could see something potentially great, you're not going to pull those four and five star guys away from Ohio State and Alabama like we talk about with right. Ole Miss that we're seeing, um, Missouri that we're seeing, Nebraska, Wisconsin. I mean, Nebraska just got a five-star quarterback i know a lot of people have a bunch of thoughts on dylan riola decommitting and committing again for the third time in his career before even stepping foot on a college campus but even still i think because of the his ties to nebraska and then the up and up and having the right what they think is the right coach to rebuild the program like matt rule it looks promising all year his uh his pregame speeches have went viral and at the very least he's become a guy that a lot of gentlemen would say i would run through a wall for that guy which the gentlemen are now these recruits' parents. These are now the recruits' parents. These 18, well, that's 19 year old and these 36, 37-year-old guys, they're like, man, I'd run through a wall for that guy if I was 18, 19, and he tried to recruit me, and I played for that team. And so now you get to say that to his hey, you go to Ohio State, you cannot play for your first two years and try and figure out a way for you to have a career, or you can go play for Coach Rule, and he's a guy to play for. They're they building something special over there in Nebraska. So I do think it's on the up and up for those type of teams. Um is there a coach that loses? Do you think there's a coach that loses out with 12-team playoff scenarios? Because with 12-team playoff, certain coaches run out of excuses. There's a lot of coaches Ooh. that run out of excuses. There's a lot. So I, so I, I got – before we get to the coaches, I'm thinking about that. One more thought I had on who loses out, it's the group of five. The group of five is – so, like, for the last few years, it's been cute that we had to put, like, Liberty, you know, in, in a in a New Year's Six game, and, and Cincinnati, play Cincinnati had to make the playoff. Trust me, this is a, this is a TV sport now. Like those teams are done. Like if it's between Notre Dame and Liberty, Liberty, I'm just saying it ain't gonna be Liberty. So like the group of fives, like as far as their chances to make the playoffs is done. Because after what we saw this year, and we'll talk about I think the game. It's a requirement to get them in, though. I think one of them have to be they, in. They, I do believe that they're going to not do that. That's the last thing I heard is that they. That was the original plan. Was the group of five had to get a team, and now I'm thinking everybody's like, nah. Like especially after like what happened to Liberty and, and last year, like with a, what the, happened to Oregon roster, like with a roster of guys who are going to the NFL. That yeah. Like with opt outs, you still get blown out that way. Like it's only yeah. going to get worse when these teams are actually playing um, in these games fully locked and loaded. Yeah. So the last thing, I, the the last thing that they said was, I believe that that is going to be eliminated. Just like we talked about, like it's not going. It, yeah, me too. So like I think they got her, but also I think that we've talked about it all season, Mo. They're not going to get ranked as high because it's not cute. It's not cute to put them at fourteen if they're going to ruin. Like you, you're not going to imagine if Liberty had to go to Oregon. Like that's what that game would have been this year. Like it would have been worse. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, I, I think th I think that the group of five is kind of kind of done, just like the other rands. And then as far as coaches that got hurt, I mean, any I of your like, mind. I got one specifically. And oh, it's, I can't wait. Well, I I would have said Jimbo Fisher, but he got fired. So like, that's a guy that like banked everything on. Like oh, I got a bunch of five stars coming in. Blah blah blah. Um, you know, I, I got one. I will say, I will say a guy that probably dislikes two guys that probably two teams slash coaches that probably dislike more teams in the playoffs more than anybody are your top two in the SEC, Alabama and Georgia, who 
they know what they've got to do to get in. I don't think they're happy about it. And just what we saw yesterday, like, you know, Alabama got beat by another Big Ten team. Like that happened. Like every, you know, everybody saw it. Like, so like, I don't think they want more people to get a shot at them. And they're used to having like all the talent. Um, all they got to do is do a couple things right, play each other. One of them's going to get in the playoffs. I think both of them having an extra game to play or two, they're not super happy about it. Yeah, I think I think there's one coach that this impacts more than anybody. Um, there might be there's a group of coaches that fall in this category, but I think the same group of coaches have time, and I think they'll capitalize on this opportunity. So I'm not too concerned about this. Oh, you're going the other way. You're talking the other way. Yeah, I think James Franklin. I think James oh. Franklin impacted in this scenario, uh, and I think negative. I think it's in the negative light because here's the thing. You haven't really – I mean, you won the Big Ten once – um, you haven't really been able to win the Big Ten, but you're pretty much a perennial ten and two team. You're yeah. you you almost been a team that walks in to guaranteed lose to Michigan and Ohio State. Outside of that, if it wasn't for those two teams, or if it wasn't for the fact of you being in the Big Ten East, you would play for a Big Ten championship. I think Ohio State and Michigan feel that same way as well because they're like we could rematch each other in the Big Ten championship if it wasn't for East and West, where the two best teams we play each yeah. other. One the loser doesn't get to play next week. Um, but I think with James Franklin is the simple fact you're going to have an opportunity to compete and play in a playoffs, even while being the little brother of Ohio State and Michigan could be worse next year because you got Oregon, you got USC, was- you have Washington. But now if you finish 10 and two, you finish nine and three and you have an opportunity, this just keeps adding on to your resume of big games that you can't win. Like, people will justify it's okay because I, I don't know how much better it gets for Penn State than James Franklin. He's basically been good enough. I can handle the conference. I just can't handle Ohio State or Michigan, especially consistently. Okay, we can forgive that. Look at all the talent they got. Look at all the talent Michigan has gotten over the past few years and their dominance or whatever. But now you got all these teams coming in because of the 12-team playoff, like the Pac-12 no longer exists and these guys come to the Big Ten. Now you're, you might be the fifth or sixth best team consistently. When you do get your shot at the playoffs, you're going to have to at least win a game. And that just means another game added on to James Franklin resume to me that he can't win, which to me, at, at some point you end up seeing the door. Because being 10-2 and two is now good enough to still be able to compete for a national championship. So being 10-2 and two and then losing in the playoffs in the first round every year and finishing 10-3, and three, like now 10-2 and two is not going to be good enough for the Ole Misses, the USC's, the 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 Penn States, like because you're gonna go ten and two and then play a playoff game. You might not host it. You might host it. You might have a playoff game at Penn State after going ten and two. You might not. But now ten and two isn't just good enough because you're gonna have that extra game that puts you in the playoffs, and that's another big game that you lose. So you're talking about three to four losses every year for James Franklin of games that he can't win in big games. So I think it's yeah. impacted for him the most. Cause I think he could find himself losing his job. Cause like you're up to 10 and two, you're up to winning the big 10 and everything like that. But now because there's no divisions or whatever, it benefits you, but 10 and two would still think in that scenario, Ohio state and Michigan benefit more than anybody, because if it wasn't East and West, they'd be playing again a week later yeah. for the big 10 championship, which would take away for 
you know, uh, the way that's aligned, it takes away the rivalry games. Who cares? That's a conversation for another day, and I don't think it really matters. I don't think college football thrives off the fact of Ohio State-Michigan playing every year in a meaningful game. I don't think, like, that will be the end-all, be-all for college football. But I do think, like, James Franklin is the one who, like, him, I think Lincoln Riley will be able to get the job done, even though they're coming into the Big Ten, so it's a little different. I was going to say, I, that's, another, that's another coach I was going to bring up that, like, then when you when because I was going to tag it on to the Notre Dame conversation because Notre Dame gets uh, so much credit every year for like oh they got USC coming up here's what's going to happen the just the mindset once USC's in the Big Ten and then them and Notre Dame play that game like if Notre Dame loses they're going to be like it's going to be looked at like there's not this mythical thing about USC. They're just going to be another Big Ten team. They're going to lose a couple games because there's a ton of good teams, you know, in the Big Ten. Not, not only do they have to play the best Pac-12 teams, they got to pay the, play the best, you know. And so, like, I don't think Notre Dame's going to get the credit of, like, this mythical figure of beating USC. It's just going to be like – it's going to be as if they played Wisconsin. Like, I think – you know what I mean? I think that's the impact. So, like – so then the other side of that is, like, USC is in the same boat. Like, they're – like when I look at them now, they're, I mean, fourth or fifth Big Ten team. Uh, and I you think know, they're right in now. they're just an. I think they're yeah. more they're in more danger than anybody else because I do too. You were I think USC's got a lot at risk. Yeah, because you were ten and two your first year under Lincoln Riley. You made the Pac-12 championship. To me, under a first year coach, under any circumstance, even if you were handed third base or whatever it may be, like the Ryan Day or. Your first year, like Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley did it last year. Brian Kelly, three losses, goes te- goes ten and two though, and then or finishes nine and three, but plays in the SEC championship. Like for a first year head coach playing in your conference championship, I think like it's up from there. Like you're looking at okay, we're on the up and up. This is what we're doing year one. We're only going to build off of that. I think USC is trending downwards because you go ten and two, you lose the Utah. And then you go seven and five. You go eight and five after your bowl win this year, but it doesn't look the most promising. You don't have to lean on the crutch of. I think if they were playing in the Pac-12 next year, I think it would be great for them because now I think they'd be looking and be like, "Oh, we got Oregon," and that's really all I'm concerned about about bouncing back off of eight and five seasons. Like, okay, I got Oregon. Cool, we can still go eleven and one and have to face them again in the Pac-12 championship, get our get back. But now you're talking about like you went eight and five and now you're going into the big 10 where like you got and you got ohio state you got you know and even when you look at their schedule next year like i think they play michigan i I know they they got they got michigan next year probably probably oregon yeah and they open up their season with lsu like that's the season opener in las vegas is like you kick off the season to play against lsu so i think we should go out there for that that sounds like a good trip we're actually talking about going out there. Me and like two of my homeboys actually talking about going. Yo, out that LSU fan and a USC fan. That sounds slick. I think I'm thinking I yeah. might do that. Yeah, like we were actually like that's That'd the plan fun. of like, being in Vegas in September for that game. Just because like my one homeboy from Cali, he's a USC fan. My other best friend, an LSU oh, yeah. fan, and then I'm just there to be like, I'm just here for a good time. Since y'all came, yeah, me too. And why not just go to a game? Like I have no. Okay, I'm in. Yeah, I'd love to just be in Vegas for a weekend, y'all, and see. I like, was a. Me, me and my dudes were originally headed to Oregon for the Ohio State game, and I'm and, unless something happens in the portal, I'm second guessing that decision. Yeah, and then Vegas to watch USC and LSU to kick off the season. That's like, not, no, that sounds September, dope. I think that's ab- absolutely perfect. But yeah, all right, I'm in. So with the twelve teams, also something else I want to look at is the standard. 
So the 12-team playoffs is now going to change what the standard is for a lot of teams, like in Ohio sure. State. Ohio State, the standard is 11-1 and undefeated, like bare minimum, really yep. win the Big Ten championship and compete for a national championship. Yep. If you go 11-1 and or 12-0 and and you win your conference, you automatically are you're one of the fourth best – you're one of the four best teams if you're in Ohio State. So that's like the bare minimum standard. Now, like 10 and two might get you probably gets 10 and two gets Ohio State in the playoffs. We'll just 10 and two Ohio State more than likely gets in. And there's probably. a scenario where there's a whole bunch of 10 and two teams. I get it, but they'll get they've shown they get the benefit of the doubt over you put five teams. I know they get the benefit of the doubt over three of them, no matter who those other th- other five no. are. I know they get three of them. There's only about two or three teams. That, so now, though, like what is the expectations for certain programs? Like, okay. Ohio State, and we'll talk about them in a second, but just for example, like Ohio State loses the bowl game against Missouri. Everything's in shambles. We're ready to figure some things out. But like, if you go 11 and 1 and lose to Michigan, now you get to, okay, we go to the playoffs. We finish 11 and 1. We don't win our conference. Cool. We still go to the playoffs. We still feel like we're better than a lot of teams. But then, like, so the standard changes because you don't have to win a conference championship to compete for a national championship. So, like, I think the standard changes for a lot of teams. So, like, whose standard is impacted the most? Like, and, and it doesn't just have to be Ohio But, like, whose standard? Because, like, I feel like Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, I think even Michigan now. Like, Michigan's jumped into, like, the standard for Michigan is win the Big Ten and compete for a national championship. And they've done that the past three years. They made the playoffs and they won the Big Ten. So, the standard adjusted. But now, like, winning your conference might not be a part of the standard. But if it's not, now what? Like, if you go 11-1, and one, don't win your conference, but you get to play in the playoffs, you get to host a home playoff game. Like, is that the bare minimum good enough for these top-tier teams that are in and out every year of the national title conversation? No, I like that. So I think, like, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, I'll say Oregon, not Washington. I'll, you know, I'll say, like, those teams, the standards are the same. Like, the min- minimum is you – absolutely have to go to the playoffs no question about it like you, you it can't be a decision on the line you should pretty much have a home playoff game as long as you're in the playoffs for them then because like minimum is like get to the playoffs but like i think all of those yeah but i still i think you're i think you're like i think when you're yeah here here's what changes for like a team like ohio state we'll just say specifically now it's about get like this year would have been get into the playoffs and let's see what you do. Like, uh, like the standard is to to be able to compete for a championship, but to, to your point, who I really affects the standard is, and you brought it up earlier, Penn state, you no longer can be like, man, you're almost there. Like you Penn state, if they don't make a playoff, like that's going to be a failure. Like that's the teams that are on the cusp. Um, you know, who's like, I don't know, like Florida, like Florida, like Florida, like not making playoffs all of a sudden, then they start looking at them like, wait a minute, you guys haven't LSU, Florida, like you're not Wisconsin. Like those are teams that their their standard becomes eke into the playoffs under any means necessary. Give yourselves a chance as to where like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, all of them are still like you probably ought to at worst have a home playoff game. So you got to that's top eight, right? We're yeah. calling that top eight. Then the four teams are going to travel. So like their standard, if anything, it benefits those teams to where they got to. They got a backup plan. You know what I mean? Like shit yeah. can go.
but it's like like we talked about those it's the Wisconsin's it's going to become USC. I don't think, I think USC standard going into next year is like, let's try and just get into the top 12. I think their standards, you know, have, have lowered a little bit as to where like going into the last, after the last week of the season, like your major schools ought to be like, okay, we're in regardless, like more like it was this year. You know what I mean? Uh, right. So it, it definitely does. It, it, it changes expectations um but i also think that those are also teams that like i think a high state would benefit by getting a shot every year rather than like you know it, it all comes down like them and michigan both like oh, it all comes down to one game again like that's yeah, kind of fucked up you know if you really think about it like you do all this all season and it all comes down to whether you You know, you know, the those third or fourth ranked teams in a conference now need to like step up and now. But if you don't make the playoffs, it's going to be more like right now, most people in America don't know who's ranked 10th in the country. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. Like they don't know, they don't care. You know what I mean? Like, but but when it becomes 12 teams getting in the playoffs, all of a sudden everybody's gonna be like, the the you know, if you're if you're ranked less than if you're ranked in, you know, after 20, it's going to be like, wow, what a terrible season. So it changes the standards of like, because it's, the bowl games aren't going to matter as much as making the playoffs. So it changes the standards for almost everybody. <laughs> yeah, it does. And that's what I was just thinking is like, okay, because everybody has a standard and like yeah. 10 and two is good enough for a lot of teams and playing in the new year six bowl game. But guess what? Like now 10 and two still leaves you with an opportunity to compete for a national championship. Yeah. So you have to raise your standard. If you're like, we're cool with 10 and two and we love what it does for us. And it keeps us right there. Maybe one of those years we get lucky and go 11 and one. And like every five to six years, we find ourselves 11 and one undefeated and in the conversation. But now like 10 and two, if, if you're a perennial, if you're Penn state perennially, you're Ole Miss perennially, you're a perennial playoff team. So now yeah. it's not just good enough to go 10 and two, nine and three, sneak into the playoffs and lose in the first round because now there's there's got to be a higher ceiling than that. It's good enough to play in the New Year's Six. And, hey, let's see if we can get flashy enough for the next year. Like, sure, it looks good. What Ole Miss is doing right now in the portal, but like now you've raised your standard because guess what? Everything that you've added in the portal, yeah. there is no dang. We were just right there. We lost a close one to Alabama, and now we're not good enough to play in the playoffs, but we have something to build off of. Like, no, now everything you've done in the NIL and transfer portal and all those players that you got to come in, like that has to yep. equate to winning big, important games in the regular season and competing and winning games in the playoffs, being one of the final four teams after winning two playoff games, hosting a home playoff game. Like that's going to be the new standard. That's going to sound crazy, but like you're going to, yeah, that's a good point. What's the expectation for your team this year? And you're like, okay, if you're Ohio state, you're like, I'd love to be one of the four teams that have a bye week, but at bare minimum, we need to host a playoff game. We need to be. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. And so now, but then you're like, Ole Miss does all this damage in the NIL, the transfer portal, and got all these recruits coming in and transferring in. So now, like a ten and two Ole Miss is like, we need to host a playoff game. Like with all this talent, everything we got coming back, we were a playoff team. If this was a twelve team playoff, if we're gonna bump up a little bit, we would be a team that would be six or seven or eight instead of 10 or 11 or 12. So now if we're going to make that jump, we need to host a playoff game. So it does just change what oh. the expectation is for a lot of teams. 
just real quick, a handful of teams, and we've touched on most of them, that jump off the page as far as like the perception is different how you finish your season next year. Notre Dame, Penn State, Miami, um, you know, uh, Florida State, like all these teams that are like, like Penn State, we talked about it. They get to feel good, you know, big bowl game, lost it, whatever. But if you don't make the playoff, then it's like, now, 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 like, not only did you not make the 14 playoff, like you didn't make the 12 team playoff. That's really bad. Notre Dame, I think, though, I think it, what it does to Notre Dame, it's playoff or bust. Like they wouldn't have made the playoffs yeah. this year. That is, it would be an uh, USC is another one. Like those, there's some, there's a five or six blue bloods that like, now, if you don't make, now, if you don't make the playoffs, like it's real bad. And um, you would have so, had the schedule that should have leaned like one of the games that didn't go yeah. your way should have went your way and you end up in the playoffs. So you get crucified for losing, like yeah. losing on the goal line to Ohio State. Like imagine if there was a 12-team playoff, like how much that Marcus Freeman only having 10 men on the field actually gets magnified yeah. 10 weeks later. Because now you're talking about this again and you're like Notre Dame could have been in and you're a fan justified be like, yeah. all right, if we lose three or four games, we're like, damn, like we can start picking apart why we lost three instead of two, uh, why we lost four instead of three. But when you're like, man, had we not made that mistake, what the possible outcome could have been could have pushed us into being a playoff team. Yeah. Like it, it magnifies things that you may not. You'll, you'll, you're right. And about elite two and then keep it moving. Like you'll my final keep it moving. Yeah, my final thought is I know you, I know you need to move on. That's my final thought is that that's what I love about this 12 team playoff is that it magnifies so many more games and makes it makes every like it's so different than the NFL like we, you know we'll watch a game week 1 or week 2 of the NFL and be like that's going to come a few weeks ago Miami loses a 14 point lead to Tennessee Titans with 3 minutes left in the game. They're going to wind up being like a, a maybe a six seed in the playoffs now instead of a one seed. Have to go on the road in the winter and probably lose in the first round because of that. That's that's what's going to happen. You're not going to be you're not going to get these feel good games in college football like Notre Dame had the other day. Like, oh man, we feel great, we play great. Like everybody's going to be like, you're not in the playoffs. We don't care. Like that's the one thing that. Okay, you want to talk about you want to talk about who's affected the most. Every game that's not a playoff game next year is dead. Like nobody. Nobody will care about the Citrus Bowl next year. Nobody will care. Like that is what's that's what's dead in college football is the other games. I don't know if that's good, bad, or ugly. You know, whatever. But th that's what's affected the most is like every not playoff game next year is is, is completely meaningless. Like nobody's going to play. Nobody's going to watch. Nobody's going to care. Yeah, I definitely agree. So we'll move on. Yeah. New Year's Six bowl games happen. Um, we don't have to talk about Liberty and Oregon. Really. They did happen. <laughs> They just happened. Yeah, they, they, they were did. terrible, and they, they were terrible. The 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 New Year's Six Bowl, or just everything about New Year's? Yeah, Day? just in general, overall, they were subpar. Really? Like you were disappointed? Were you? Is this coming from the fact like Michigan beat Alabama, or like you were? No, no, no. I'm, I'm from the fact that the Cotton Bowl was terrible to watch. Aesthetically, yeah. Cotton yeah, Bowl terrible. Uh, Florida State, Georgia terrible the citrus um, bowl with oh that was a citrus bowl that's right that wasn't a new year six that's on me that's on me no they, uh, they, no. they were Rose bowl and sugar bowl were fantastic but they were technically a new year six bowl because the cotton bowls a new year six like it doesn't have to be played the the florida state the penn state old miss was a new year Oregon six. liberty terrible Oregon Ole miss, penn state was really good great game tennessee and uh uh iowa oh, was bad like that geez. was a, and, I mean, you're talking about, like, and the only takeaway I had from the Iowa game was, like, man, if they had an offense, like, that was just <laughs> ever, 
Like, if they just had a decent offense, like, this was a team that could have competed and won the Big Ten. Because that was like, I'm going to be honest, yeah. Iowa has a national championship defense. I've said that. 100%. The problem is you yep. can't score points. And yeah. so, like, at the literally, very, Iowa had the Mo's not exaggerating. Literally can't score points. <laughs> yeah, like, you're winning games 7-6. to six. You're losing games 28-0. to zero. And so, you look at the job they did against Tennessee, you're like, you didn't play that bad defensively, but... At some point, your defense is going to give up those big plays when they're on the field all the time, and it's like these long drives, and Tennessee's has some success here and there, oh. and that little bit of success it, here and there is um, detrimental. So, uh, LSU LSU game was really good. That was fun. Um, I, I you know I enjoyed you know watching that um, as as far as just like watching the game. And that the, was a close game. Georgia 35-31. That's what you want. That's what I'm saying. It was just fun. It was a fun game. Um, they're all they're all marred by, and I want to be clear before I say this. I do not care about kids opting out. I, everybody's got their own reasons. Everybody's got their own choices. If a, if if a kid says, "Hey, I'm not playing," I, I respect that. I'm not, I'm I'm not one of these. I couldn't. Here's you know what. Here's my takeaway from. I couldn't stand that every when you as you watch the game, all the announcers had to basically criticize the kids who opted out and didn't play and like the ones that stayed where they were like oh he just cares so much like I was, just, we have no idea what these guys are going through we don't know if these kids have a child at home they're trying to take care of and they're and they they, they got a plan to go to the nfl and they got scouts and they don't want to injure themselves like we have zero clue what's going on behind the scenes with these kids so let's not act like they might be doing actually the right thing for their family by not playing in a in a bowl game in a, and risking a you know a patella tear or something like that. So like I I really got I really got upset with the announcers constantly like in you know implicating like the kids that opted out like they didn't care as much or they didn't they didn't want it as much or like no. I thought that was complete BS and they did it across the board in these bowl games and I I thought it was wrong. Like every kid that stayed and played I'm great. Great for them. There's nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. But like, I'm not going to judge the ones who didn't, um, you know, I thought that was messed up, but overall, like, you know, that does take away from it, but that Florida Georgia game or Florida state Georgia game uh, was one of the worst things I've ever watched. I don't even know what we were supposed to take out of that. Um, you know, Florida state, you know, was like, you can't use this as an excuse that we shouldn't have been in the playoffs, but I'm like, I don't know. Georgia was just going through the motions too. And they beat the brakes off of you. Like, like, I don't know why we can't criticize Florida state, you know, like maybe you just weren't that good. No different than Ohio state. I'm like, yeah, once you got to the second string, like you guys got kicked around by an average Missouri team. You know what I mean? Like all these built in excuses, but uh, just overall, I didn't think it was a, I didn't think I didn't think everybody's heart was in it. I thought these games were kind of wasted, and I thought I think here's the, here's my overall thought. I think we were I, we're a year too late on you know the 12 team playoff. I thought we wasted a lot of good teams this year that that could have yeah, been competitive entertaining games. We wasted a lot of potential good football um, by not having a 12 team playoff because if for those that like the 12 team playoff um, thought process, like this would have been the biggest beating on the drum yeah. of like, this is why the ones who were like, we need a 12 team playoff. Like this year was why, like, you know, you, you wasted a pretty good Ole Miss teams year, like having to go play against Penn I mean, State. wouldn't you love to solve, you know, see, you know, Penn... yeah, that's, that's what I was just getting. Ready to say. I'm sorry. That broke up a little bit there, but you already touched on it. 
Oh yeah, that's why I, I totally agree. Wouldn't you have loved that old Miss Penn State game? Wouldn't that have been awesome if that meant something? Yeah. And then yeah, wouldn't you love to see? Long. Wouldn't you love to see this this week? Um, you know, whatever Oregon, whoever playing Ole Miss to you know, like I like. Wouldn't we love another round? Like I don't like. I, I don't. I just like everybody was checked out. The stands weren't full. Um, you know. You know, the, if if you can't sell out Ohio State, you know Missouri, like in Texas, like obviously things things are just kind of like the Bulls have just met their match. Yeah, they don't. Like, it's they kind don't, of over. Don't mean the same. And there were some good games. Clemson, Kentucky was awesome. By the way, awesome great game. game. Awesome, yeah. awesome game. And and I would you know what I mean? I would love for that to mean a little more. Um, you know, I just uh, but overall, like in the New Year's Six games, like they're just okay. Yeah, like all the opt-outs and players, I'll play a snap or I'll play a drive. or You you almost, for these top-tier teams that you spent, you invested two and a half, or that you invested three months and watching, like you're like, I don't even know who's going to play for these teams in their game, in their bowl game. You're like, you invested three months of watching a lot of these teams. You watch, you know, I watched a lot of LSU football. Obviously watched every second of Ohio State football. Watched a lot of Penn State and and Florida State and Ole Miss and all these teams. And you're like, I don't even know what these teams are going to field on a bowl game. And you're like, God, this could have been such a great matchup, but I don't even know who's playing. You kind of find out when you watch the game, like, where's so-and-so? Where's this guy? Oh, he's opting out. You know, so they they kind of do their best to make you aware of who's not playing in these games. But even still, if you're not a fan of Ole Miss, you don't really care about who's not playing in the Ole Miss games. Exactly. It's time to watch Ole Miss. And you're like, so you'd have missed the news of this guy opting out and this guy transferring. Like, it's hard to keep up with everything until it's time to field those teams on the field and you start watching. Yep. Man, I remember well, watching them in five, week five, six, and seven. And this isn't the same team because half the I guys mean, on because it's a meaningless game. Bro, the the Heisman Trophy winner didn't play. The Bolitnikov winner didn't play. Like the best yeah. players in the country, nobody got to watch play football. And again, I'm not blaming them, but I'm saying like Harrison would have easily played in a playoff game. Jaden Daniels would have loved to play in a playoff game. Um, it's yeah, just, there was no opting out. Opting out's not an option for either of those guys. If no. it's a playoff game, they both play. And I'm and I don't I I do not want to judge the kids that were on the field like. You know, if you were playing in the games, I believe that you wanted to win and you tried the best. I am talking like as somebody that watches the games, it took away from it. I, that Georgia Florida State game, like made people not want to watch college football compared to what you saw like Detroit and Dallas do. You know, Saturday night, like it, like when you juxtapose those two, you're like, why would why would I watch college football? And and it makes me sad because I know how good the game can be. And then we saw that you know in the two playoff games. When the shit was on the line, like it's a different ball game. Yeah. You know, one game went to overtime, the other game went down to the last, the literally the last play of the game. Like that's what it looks like when they're trying. And now, like, that's what we need more of. And that's what it looks like, like when the games mean something. And that's why yeah. the four team needs to, because you had an opportunity to have a lot of elite matchups that these games could mean something. And instead, the two most important games that you, the, the two most important games that mean everything were as great of football as you could possibly watch. It was as great as yep. it could for Michigan and Alabama to go into overtime, for Washington to almost piss away a guaranteed victory oh, against Texas what is that? in the final three minutes. And literally, like, it was a guaranteed – it was a foregone conclusion Washington was going to win. And you know, almost saw Colt McCoy f- 
Almost saw Colt McCoy murder a dude on the sideline. One of the greatest you, you moments. You almost like, like you almost pissed away all time Michael Penix performance. Like, but it came mm-hmm. down to the wire, and that's the type of games that you want to watch. So, yeah. just real quick, like, you, just your thoughts on those two games. Like, we don't even have to go into them. I'm sure we'll talk national championship later on in the week. Just watching those yeah. two games. What were your thoughts on both of those? Uh, my thought, my 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 initial thought on uh, Michigan Alabama was Michigan was a better team than I thought they were. I fully admit that. Yeah, um, I had to say that yesterday at too. At the end of the at the end of the year, I was like, I don't know how good Michigan is. They got after they were they the reason they won that game on the last play was because um they got in Milrose face on the first play of the game. Um I think they were even teams, but you know, Michigan's play design, Michigan was ready, their intensity, like everything you want to check off the box, like this Michigan team. Michigan team, Michigan's done everything they can do to compete for a national championship. I will not take that away. No matter how sick it makes me at my stomach, I will not take away from the coaching job. I will not take away from what the players have done. Um, you know, whether the cheating helped or not, like I, I don't know, but I know where they're at right now. Um, I thought Milro got rattled a little, uh, played one of the worst games he's played in probably two months. And obviously that's what cost Alabama the game. It's hard to play. Like the quarterback play is everything, but overall, like it was entertaining. Um, you know, it was close. It was, it was, it was good for college football. Um, as far as like viewers and all that for a Rose bowl, uh, the sugar bowl, I thought was fantastic. Um, I love watching, I love watching Penix, you know, and yours play football. Um, what Penix does with the football sometimes just like blows my mind. Like I'm, he throws like nobody throws more passes that look like they're going to be incomplete that are complete than Michael Penix Jr. Um, it, it was incredible to watch, uh, but it was also incredible to watch Texas like realize that Washington was trying to piss this away. It, like you said, it was so close. An injury almost cost Washington the game, which is weird uh, because it stopped the clock. Uh, would have been another thirty seconds off. It probably would have. Um, I think yours, you know, last play. I think he was dinged up. Anytime I see a, a, a quarterback go down and they hit the back of their head like that, they're not the same after that. I like yours wasn't a hundred percent at the end of the game, but that is what it is. I think if he throws that pass, like we thought, yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, we, we all thought Arch Manning was going in that game. I think if viewers I, – I don't hate the last play of the game. I, I like the ball to be more in play on the last play just in case there's a tip pass or something. Maybe you get lucky. Uh, I think if he throws that ball about two feet, like, lower and to the left, I think it's – I think they're in a, you know, national championship game. I and really enjoyed it. Guy's chest. Like, if he just doesn't throw a jump ball. And yeah. Just, the guy was – the corner was behind him. He you, burnt – he burnt – you're right. You gave he, the he, corner an opportunity to make a play on the ball because he was in front of the corner. Like, he didn't yeah. beat the corner deep for a fade yeah. route for a jump pass. He if had he, him sealed off. He could have turned his body if you put it in his yeah. He yeah, if he just throw, if he throws it, if he throws it at his belly button, it's they're they're in the national championship yeah. game. But I'm, I'm but I'm not gonna criticize because I can't imagine what they like you would know better than I would, but I couldn't imagine what that moment's like. Um uh but both teams played a played a good game it was really entertaining so overall the 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 that was definitely the best combination of playoff games that we've ever had in the 10 years that we had it yeah i don't remember i mean i guess last year was fairly close um in the semifinal as far as how it wasn't bad bad. i mean what tcu beat michigan like what 51 to 45 and then ohio state loses 42 to 41 down to the wire like a missed field goal at the end like that was as close as it got but Obviously, like I think 
because of what TCU did in the national championship and the way they got blown out, like people forget how good those semifinals were last That's year. True. Like, New Year's Eve was a absolutely amazing Saturday last year, being able to watch Michigan TCU and then turning around and watching the product of what happened with Ohio state and Georgia. But because the Ohio state Georgia was the last thing everybody saw. And then TCU after beating Michigan was the team of like, this is why like being the lead catalyst of why this is why Florida state shouldn't get in because of what happened to TCU last year, as if they didn't beat, a very good Michigan team that beat an Ohio State team. But they got no credit for that. It was the fact that people acted like this was the BCS and TCU got placed in the national championship and then lost that way. Like, they earned their way. Well, TCU did – they did lose their last game going into it, but, you know, they did, here but there at this once point. they got put in the playoffs, they had to earn their way. They had to play their way to the national. I agree. Like BCS yeah. where you're like, we're just putting TCU versus Georgia and right. then we'll give you other games and figure it out. Like, no, they had to win a game in order to get clobbered by Georgia. But the focus so much <laughs> was the fact that they got clobbered by Georgia. I think that was the big, big, one of the bigger things of why justifying why uh, Florida state shouldn't get in because of what, happens when the team got lucky and beat Michigan and that's more to yeah. Michigan's fault of not winning these type of games than it is how good TCU is and when they play the team ready to play that type of game 63 to 7 we know the history but um I want to talk about for our last topic it's got to keep it near and dear to the heart uh we spend a lot of time on the 12 team playoff scenarios which I didn't even think it'd be that much of an engaging conversation I didn't think it'd be that interesting but we ended up having a, a bunch of thoughts so Combo impact on Ohio State. It's only right, Jeff. I know it sucks, but it's only right to talk Ohio State if both of us are here. I know you just you're gonna be I on don't. guys this week. So I know that you're probably tired of the Ohio State discourse. You live in the heart of Ohio. You <laughs> with your buddies. I understand. But we haven't had too much conversation about it. I don't think it's as major as everybody thinks. Like, I don't no. think conversation is a major conversation. I think it's very simple. I think it's it's it got put in your face if you're Ryan Day what you need to do going into next year. It's it's very obvious, but it's because of outrage with Buckeye Nation and they're ready for Ryan Day to go. Um, yeah. I, do, I don't think his seat has been any hotter than it will be going into this year. Mm-hmm. I think people are going to be very critical about what, spring, what you hear coming out of spring practices. I think Buckeye Nation is going to pay attention more to this spring game than they probably ever have because there's a lot of uncertainties. And usually for the spring game, it's just like, hey, this is a event to let you watch, put the stars on display. We'll split them up. We'll put a book on one side, Harrison on the other. We'll put Stroud and somebody else, and we'll let them play backyard football, and y'all get to come in free and watch them. Now there's a lot of things that you're going to be paying attention for instead of just the enjoyment of Ohio State football in late March, early April. So what was the impact of the Cotton Bowl to you and – you're deep in the heart of it. You you hear a lot of opinions from a lot of different type of Buckeye fans. <laughs> What's going on in Buckeye Nation? Because apparently I'd be out of tune of I'm just in my own Buckeye world of what so, I Buckeyes. So honestly, the impact, because it was so negative, was positive. Because a lot of people were finally like, oh, wait a minute. like Because everybody likes you know, the bank on like, it was close versus Michigan. It was close, blah, 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 blah. Everybody's riding on the Georgia game from last year. This was the one to where they're like, oh, like when it came down to us not having, you know, a top-tier quarterback, like it wasn't close. Um, you know, Missouri played terrible and a high state scored three, like scoring three points in a bowl game. Like these bowl games, like teams score 30 and 40 points and lose. Uh, to score. My wife looked at me and said, damn, y'all, it was awful. three points. Like yeah. that's she was like I to not 
glad I didn't go to the game. I, I almost went. Oh, to I'm the so game. glad you didn't go because I would have hated that that experience, especially it would have been the first game me and my wife went to together. Like that experience of having to sit there for three hours and watch that. Oh, that would have been a mess. Be that while this trying to be a special moment with my wife would have been tough because my brains would have been rattled of like I'm supposed to enjoy this with my wife, but I'm such an Ohio State fan. This game is absolutely horrible. It would have been miserable from the couch, and she literally just was like, "Damn." Like it was, it was, just, they, it was one of the as far as like the good teams like that like you say could have made a twelve team playoff like they looked the worst like there's no yeah. question about it. like here's yeah. what I said I I was on you know again you said it I was on locked on Buckeyes with uh, Jay Stevens that'll come out you know tomorrow uh, you know as we're talking right now and I said the same thing like if you really look at the bowl games the high state looked maybe the fifth or sixth best team in the bowl games out of the Big Ten next year um, it was really bad but. What I what the only thing I can hope what because here's what I didn't want to happen. I didn't want that to play that type of game and win because then everybody would just look at the final score and be like, oh, we're fine. This needed to happen for everybody to like really take a microscope to the program and be like, why don't we have depth at quarterback? Like, why don't we have, you know, athletes at every position? Um, why can't Ryan Day have an offense to get him like Jim Trestle used to have an offense like uh Troy Smith gets hurt. He he, come up with a, a single wing offense for Ted Ginn to get through a bowl game. Like, why could we not adjust to that? And you had why you know all the stories coming out. Like, why why did you only practice a few times before the bowl game? Why are you treating this like a vacation? And your coaches were at a country ridiculous. concert instead of team ridiculous. meeting. Like that ridiculous. Did. And there are a lot of people that weren't aware of that happening around Ohio State, except for guys like you and me that deep dive and we catch everything about. So six practices and you're supposed to be at a meeting and your coaches are at a country concert. Happily. Like they post it on social media. Yeah. Like this goes yeah. to Instagram that like, so nobody, everybody thinks it's the coaches having a night out. That's what it looks like. And that's what it appears to be. Hey, great. That's what you're supposed to do in bowl yeah. games, traveling to areas that you don't typically would play in being Ohio state. You're not going to find yourself in Dallas too, too often. Um, so yeah, you're supposed to do that. But Dallas can be distracting. I'm just okay. saying, Yeah, I will say that, but you're assuming that you're assuming like they're at this concert as like a coach's night out because business was handled prior. You're assuming that there yeah. weren't only six practices no. and that we weren't taking this serious. My only problem with the 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 outlook on the Cotton Bowl was the fact you didn't you were prepared zero, zero. to have anybody play other than Devin Brown. And I get it. I know when backup quarterbacks come in, but my thing is you were playing essentially you you went into the bowl game playing your backup. There's never a thought that you want your guys to suck. But there should always be a possibility of like, we need to prepare Klein holes to play because if Devin Brown is not, let's say he never got hurt and he just was trash. Okay. Which, which he would have been. That was the two things happening. Both like he was playing like trash. It before he got hurt. It's not like he played great prior to getting hurt, but at least you'd be like, okay, you should have been prepared for the possibility of like Devin Brown ain't it. Yeah. I don't care what he showed us in practice and everything was great coming out of practice. Like, Abuka and all the other players were talking about Devin Brown. They're talking to Ohio State fans like you're getting okay. Like they're liars. Know, yeah, they're liars, clearly. But you weren't even prepared to like maybe my third string might have to play because maybe Devin Brown just isn't good. And I'm about to go. You knew you were going to go into a year, whether you bring Howard in or whether you would have. I mean, Cam Ward's going to the NFL, DJU's going to Florida State, but with the projected quarterback still out there, no matter whether you would decide to bring one of them in or not. You knew you were going to have a quarterback competition. So I feel like the, at least the fair shake would have been having Kyle Holes at least prepared to play yeah. so that if Devin Brown's not it or if he goes down, 
you'll get a fair shake at live game action to see what you look like so that we actually going into springtime, we have a little bit of film and we got you, we gave you a fair shake. Now, to me, I don't think it was a fair shake to Kleinholz. No. I don't know how good he is, nor do I necessarily care because even though he wasn't given a fair <laughs> shake, I don't think he's – if he was that great, then I still think even not pre- not necessarily being prepared to play, he plays better. But he started getting a rhythm for himself on where you're like, okay, a true freshman. He started making a couple throws where you're like, I'm not saying this is the future – all right, he's finally getting comfortable. It was just too little too late. Like, it really yeah. didn't matter about him getting comfortable. But had he been prepared to play in that game, he would have been comfortable, right. I think, a lot faster to the point we might have been able to win that game. I think I think the impact is, and again, th- this is, a, this like, to me, this is a good thing because what I didn't want to do is win this game easily. After that, I didn't want to win the game. I, I, like that. If you told yeah, me exactly. I need people to scrutinize and be like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Like, let's take a second look at this. Like, like let's rethink everything that we've done. And I said this today, if every single high state player and coach doesn't pl- go through every practice and every game this season, as if like they're Liam Neeson trying to save their daughter from, you know, terrorists, then they need to not be in the program. Like if there's anything you need to see more than getting your teeth kicked in by Missouri and then watching your arch rival go to the national championship game and you can't even put a viable quarterback on the field, like if you're not uber focused now and you're not ready and you're not fighting each other in practice every day, then like you need to not be in the program. Like you need to go to Indiana. You need to go like you need to go somewhere else to where you know it makes your point more valid is the fact like if you didn't play in the Missouri, if you played in the Missouri game and you're coming back and you don't feel like we were good enough to win the game because our defense played amazing. Yeah. You know, we have the playmakers on the outside at wide receiver, even with losing a couple of those young guys to the transfer portal. We don't question the talent at wide receiver. I don't think we question the talent at running back. So I think if you're looking at it, you're like, bro, we were good enough to do what Michigan did. We were a quarterback short. So yep. everybody else who feels like all the, the JTTs and Jack Sawyers and if a is coming back, like all these guys that are coming back, like if you felt like you were good enough at your individual position and what you were supposed to do then the only thing you need to do is get better and hope that coaches handle what they need to handle which means ryan day addresses the quarterback situation the o-line coach addresses the offensive line situation so like if you're like okay we were good enough and the only thing i could do is do my job then that means you go into spring and you compete you show how great you are the Carnell Tates and Jeremiah Smith's going to step on campus. Like everybody else do that. Let the coaches need to do their job, but that should be the focus is all of us need to focus on what we can and compete at the highest level. Everything else will fall into place. And if it doesn't, every, if I do what I'm supposed to do, my position will never be in question. Whether you're star wide receiver, the star running back, the star corner, no matter who you are. If I do what I'm supposed to do every day to get prepared and compete 110% all times and I'm ready to go and I want to get better every day, every week. I want by the time we play our 12th game and we go against Michigan, I want us to be undefeated and the most ready we've ever been. If you do that and you still fall short because of the same flaws from the last year, the eyes aren't on you. The eyes yeah. are on the coaches and, and the NIL and whatever else factors into putting the adequate talent on the field because it's not just coaches and recruiting. Money's involved and every opportunity's involved too. 
So I think everybody just needs to look at this game and be like, we weren't good enough to win this game. The problem was screamed even louder because we didn't have Kyle McCord. And I think we win the game with Kyle McCord. Oh, no question. Was would have been good enough. I think we still would have struggled with Missouri, but we win the game. And so you're like, okay, maybe Kyle McCord, we end on a good note. Maybe Kyle McCord, if he improves, mm. if he has another off season, he'd be good enough. That was what you could have walked away from it from, but now it was more. That would have been worse. Bigger. Yeah. There, it's more glaring. There's a big quarterback issue. And yeah. so you go in there, you do your job and Hey, like now, but I, I'll tell you like this, Jeffy, you might be proud of me. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think, okay, I think I'm out on Ryan Day. I, I, I think He's I'm out. Finally. And you know, I've been the biggest, like, and even uh, Jay has been, he's, he's been in Ryan Day's corner. Well, you need to listen to our show. Ryan Day's corner more than I have because I've had to argue with you and I've had to argue with Jay, but like I think I'm out. And and the reason why I say I think I'm out is like I truly believe Ryan Day going into this year is on the hottest of hot seats. And I don't think we fire anybody in the middle of the season. But I think that Oregon game yep, that's you one. know, I think the Oregon game is the game that lets you know whether Ryan Day will be there next year or not. Because yeah, that's that when I got circled your first loss, like up to that point, you shouldn't have a loss up to that point. And so if you lose that game, now we sit, you'll still have Penn state on the schedule and you'll still have Michigan on the schedule. So it's like the Notre Dame game this year. Like I think the Oregon game next year is the Notre Dame game this year. We beat Notre Dame. Had we lost to Notre Dame? I think we're like, man, we got two to three more potential losses on the schedule because we got Penn state and we got Michigan. I think now you're going in with more games to play because you don't play Oregon until October. So you won't even see them in the first three weeks. and be like, we're not even in final form. And we were still able to get a win like we were against Notre Dame. So you feel great. And then they beat Penn state. So now you're like, we just got to beat Michigan. We're cool. We still 11 and one at worst. Some things we, we know some things we need to look at for next year, but I think we're fine. I think that Oregon game could let you know if they're on the losing end of that stick, like, and let's say that's a battle of two undefeateds and like, Oregon's more primed to go win the Big Ten next year than Ohio State is after that game. Like, I think you'll start hearing, like, it's pretty much Ryan Day will be out the door. Like, and, yeah. and he'll have a chance to avenge himself only because if he loses to Oregon but goes and beats Penn State, goes and beats Michigan, and then goes and wins the Big Ten, like maybe a rematch against Oregon or plays another opponent and wins the Big Ten, you're okay with 11-1 and Big Ten champ, but yeah. you're playing the, the back half of the season – where there's really outside of, okay, we know the Michigan game is all the pressure of the world, but like you should know what you are and you're playing in these games and with all the pressure on you and your job on the line. I don't know how Ryan Day coaches with his job on the line because I don't think up to this point he's coached for that. And I think you're going to see that next year. That could be either very, very positive for Ohio State. And this Ohio State team could be a wrecking crew with a coach who knows he's coaching with his job on the line. Or it could be very detrimental because he goes very conservative like he did majority of this year. And maybe conservative isn't good enough nowadays in the way the Big Ten and the SEC look conservative is not good enough to win your conference, let alone make the playoffs. And if you don't make the playoffs, you're not one of the 12 best teams in the country. You're going to be looking for another job. So I might, I'm not all the way out on Ryan day, but I'm, I'm, I'm on the, his seat is as hot as ever. And it could get really hot. If that spring game, if I don't know, air Nolan, or if we don't get will, How or was it Walker Howard, 
or Will Howard, whatever. Will Howard. Will, Will Howard. Howard or oh, if they don't get a if they don't Aaron get a quarterback out of could come a Jesus in spring. Like I think the rumblings of like what's your job might you might spend a whole long if, June in July of like, bro, you if might he not doesn't, a Jesus. if he doesn't get a replacement quarterback in the train, like I don't know, like and plus they're gonna there's gonna be a new athletic director, Gene, it uh, has Gene, to Smith, be in the Gene Smith's retiring. Like you can't let this keep dragging on like it is um you know you, you said it you said it well like if you're not if you're not coaching for your life next like i here's the, here's the one thing that made me feel a tiny bit better about the season here's here's two positives that i'll leave on one i think part of devin brown not being ready was because i believe that mccord was such a i'm trying to be nice here low level like his like that he had to be drag like i think it took a lot to get mccord to 11 and 1 is what i'm trying to say a lot of energy a lot of focus you know all these things that we haven't had the past few years i do not think that they literally had time to teach devin brown anything because i think it was so like focused on getting mccord to where where they were and so therefore devin brown kleinholz suffered from it because just they just couldn't get the attention as opposed to where if you have like a Justin Fields, you're like, Hey, you're good. Go out there and throw, you know, you know, do, do your route tree or whatever. I'm going to go over here and work with, you know, this guy, such and such, or, you know, like it was when, when it was too much on the starting quarterback because he wasn't tired. Yes. They had to focus that this is, this is, these are like bright sides that I'm trying to come with. And another one is I don't take a ton out of the cotton bowl because I know that, Honestly, if Harrison plays, they probably win. And definitely if McCord and Harrison play, they win. I'm not even really that worried about that. I'm not worried about like that game wasn't like, oh my God, Missouri's so talented. Like we got exposed. Like it used to be. Like I remember losing to South Carolina back in the day and being like, oh my, we couldn't even beat a decent SEC team. That's not what that game was about. It was about like one quarterback was really bad and the offensive line played really bad and they shuffled decisions made it wasn't a talent level thing like i'm not, I'm not so like the the other side of it is like i i do i do believe that the talent's still there there hasn't been a huge step back uh we see how good michigan is i state played with them like all these things but to what you said if it's not if they're not uber focused every single minute of next year you got it you got to move on and, and go get a young guy you know you know, it's full of piss and vinegar and, and turn this thing around. Yeah. And you start to really probably have a culture change. So I appreciate you for jumping on always, um, man. Yeah. I appreciate you for jumping on Jeff. It's always great. I can't wait to put this out and let everybody else uh, hear the audio. For those of y'all that listen, especially if you listen to this whole show, I know it was long, but it was great full of, bites that you could take away maybe you feel better about your team after listening to us maybe you're an Ohio State fan and feel worse who knows um <laughs> it's all up to you let me know after uh listening to the show I appreciate everybody for tuning in I appreciate everybody for listening and on that note up in flames is out